Hey! Yeah, we're back. So everyone, thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Mm-hmm. Welcome. Uh, this is season two, the first episode of season two of the Moonhawk podcast. And as you can see, we're all marveled up for the Civil War episode, Marvel episode of the Moonhawk podcast. We're all really excited. And um, part of that we is uh, our special guest for today, Rob Piggott, who comes to us via Skype. Little clap. Everyone give him a hand. Everyone applause. Rob, why don't you say why don't you say hi? Hello, everybody. <laughs> and uh, this is our first time having a special guest from Skype. It's pretty cool. We should do it more often. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, <laughs> but um, Rob is a good friend of ours from NYU. Actually, you introduced me to Rob. I a did little, a while ago uh, when we worked on was it Faith and Fresh, Rob? Yeah, I think it was uh, sophomore year of NYU. Yeah. So that was the fall of 2012, I believe. So that's so yeah. that's yeah, that's, that's it's been years, almost four years ago. That's right. That's and, crazy. And uh, actually, Rob does a ton of like editing work for a lot of people over at NYU. He has like, I don't, how many credits do you have right now in terms of editing, Rob? Um, well, I've edited all of my own stuff, and I've edited uh, three of Khalil's films. And a few more of uh, other people's films. So I'm not 100% sure, but at least like 10 to 12, I think. That's pretty crazy, man. So, That's awesome. That's wild. Yeah. I know you did, uh, you did, you did Stranded at the Altar, right? Yeah. So I did edit uh, Stranded at the Altar, which is our good friend Ryan McCabe's uh, advanced NYU film. That's and right. that was a lot of fun. Who we're still trying to get um, down here for a podcast, or, Ryan. Or anything, really. But, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, continue. like... <laughs> but yeah, no, that was a lot of fun. Um, and uh, I edited uh, Fly, uh, Khalil's latest film, and I believe he's in post-production right now on another film that I helped out on, Leo Lumpkins. So, there you go. yeah, I'm just trying to keep busy, edit films, and... Um, just keep doing what I'm doing and, and hope to keep pushing myself creatively. So, yeah. That's a, there that's you go. Awesome, man. Yeah, that's that's Rob for you. And uh, you already know who we are, me and Hernan. Yeah. But, uh, so you probably don't want to hear about us. But um, but speaking of Fly, actually, for those of you who have seen my, uh, my thesis film online, Fly, if you haven't seen it, watch it. Search my name and Fly into YouTube. But... Um, but if you've seen it, you now know why this is called the Moonhawk Podcast, which was probably a mystery to you throughout the entire season one. Yeah. But now you know why we call it that. Um, which is actually, is it a character that you made up like a long time ago too? Sort of. Uh, it was, he went by a different name a long time ago and then for copyright reasons, I, I tweaked it and then it ended up as as Pretty tight. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. But, um, but Hernan, what have you been up to since season one ended all so, so, so long ago? I'm just writing right now. I'm doing the second draft of a thing that I right. s- sent you like a while ago. So I'm just writing, man. Just that's writing awesome. my, that's, my that's, that's the way to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Rob, Rob, me, and Khalil ended up this uh, going somewhere. The movies. We did. And we, did uh, the movies. we ended up seeing a movie that isn't really like heard about. No one really knows about yeah, it. Yeah, it's sort kind of, of a sleeper. Sort of an under indie the sleeper. Radar, yeah. um, uh, it's a movie uh, with indie actor Chris Evans. And yeah, indie super actor. indie. No one, no one's heard of this. And uh, I, we're here to talk about that movie. And that movie is 
Civil War. Captain America Civil War. Captain America Civil War. Um, which I'm pretty sure when we all heard about it, that it was going to happen, we were like, this has the potential to be really good. <laughs> and then we all saw it. And spoiler alert, everyone who's listening or watching, but we're all going to give our little reviews of the movie now because we all we saw it the Saturday night, right? Yeah, we saw it Saturday night. At yeah. a little indie theater, you know, <laughs> at, at Hackensack. No, yep. I'm just, just... <laughs> um, And uh, so, Rob, you're our special guest. You know, that little indie AMC theater. Yeah, a little, yeah. little unknown branch called AMC. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, Rob, you're our special guest. Why don't you, uh, why don't you kick it off with uh, saying what you thought about Marvel Civil War? And again, spoiler alerts for anyone who hasn't seen it. Yeah, sure. So I went into Civil War with, um, you know, no expectations like I do with every movie nowadays. Um, I was looking forward to it, though. Um, I really enjoyed uh, the Russo brothers' last Marvel film, Winter Soldier. And overall, I I thought it was great. Um, It really did feel like the culmination of 11 other Marvel movies. And I think if those other marvel movies hadn't come before it i don't think it wouldn't have worked nearly as well as it did um i really felt uh the russo brothers and the two screenwriters as well really balanced um the amount of character development and spectacle uh really well and i i only have a few minor nitpicks when it comes to complaints because overall i i thought the movie had probably the best conflict of any Marvel movie. It had easily one of the best villains of any of the Marvel movies. Um, I thought the performances across the board were great. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I I was really, really impressed by it. And it just really cemented how much I'm looking forward to seeing the Russo brothers tackle uh, Infinity War. And how they'll handle um, all those characters coming together over the course of two movies. So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed Civil War. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. really cool. And uh, we'll get to those nitpicks later. Because we love nitpicking here on the Moonhawk Podcast. So, right. trust us, Rob, we'll get to that later. Um, but, yeah, man, uh, I agree. I, I really liked it. And it's also, it's one of those rare movies, at least for me, that, like, I've liked it more as like as it sat with me and as the days have passed since I've seen it because you know a lot of times you see a movie and then sort of like you hear people talk about it or like it sort of simmers with you and a few days later you're like oh you know what maybe I just liked it that much because I was like in the moment seeing it but when I like sort of think about it it it, I didn't don't like it as much like this was this is one of those rare movies for me that was the opposite like when I saw it I was like oh that was really good but there were like a like a little sure things, like little things here and there that maybe bothered me but not like you said Rob it was just nitpicking not a big deal mm-hmm. but like in the days since like I've watched more interviews with the Russo brothers and like read more about it and have had Spider-Man in my dreams and <laughs> and like <laughs> and of so course. yeah and so now and like now and so now I'm like wow I I think I liked it much, even more than I thought I did, and but yeah, I, I thought, and it was it's cool because uh, one of the one of the worries for me, um, I loved you know I loved the Avengers and I even liked Age of Ultron a lot more than uh, a lot of other people, but um, but but for me, uh, I was one thing I was worried about about uh, with Whedon not doing the Marvel movies anymore was that because uh, something Josh Whedon was so good at and Rob we were talking about this earlier in a, in the car when I after the movie. 
um, uh, was that Joss Whedon did such a good job of giving everyone their moments. Mm-hmm. Like, even though there were so many characters, yeah. and, like, you know, he did such a good job of giving everyone their little quip or everyone their little, like, action moment. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I hope whoever takes the helm next, like, does as good a job as that. Because for me, that's, like, one of the most important things. And the Russo brothers, like, delivered yeah, on that for, for sure. sure, like, far and beyond. I mean, like, they gave, ev- like, even though there were so many characters, they gave everyone their moment. And, but yeah, and and it felt and the Russo brothers also feel more mature than uh, Whedon, like in well, like in the, con- the content. Is yeah, so the content mature. is to be fair. Yeah. yeah, but but yeah, it's it's sort of it felt like the it felt like a more mature version of the Avengers, which is cool. I which, think change is never a, a, a bad thing. So it, yeah, no, it's I, cool. I mean, I I have to agree with like all your points. I mean, this definitely felt like a culmination of all the movies, like Rob was saying. You could feel the weight of the consequences of these characters that have been brought through by either their own solo movie or a movie that they all were in like together, like Avengers. Avengers Age of Ultron was like the biggest plot point for this, right? That was like the turn that we didn't even see with the villain, which was, and I agree with Rob, the best villain that they've had mm-hmm. because it wasn't like some like good or evil villain, you know what I mean? He was right. like a guy that had a reason to try and take... Uh, take the Avengers apart, you know what I mean? And and not only that, emotionally, um, to me at least, it felt like like I was invested because I've been invested in these characters yeah. so long. Yeah. So I think the movie did a great job of of selling to us this like this idea of just um, these people, these like almost godlike people can be taken apart by like a human being. Not right. not all not Ultron. Right. Not uh whatever preceding super thing that came before it. Right. No, it was like a human being and it grounded it and I love the grittiness and um, I'm glad that they actually are getting more to do that because it just makes the movies more just like emotionally viable. It's awesome. Man. Yeah. It's awesome. That's, so it sounds like we're all absolutely. In, yeah. It sounds like we're all in agreement. Like we all really liked it. So that that's cool. Um, we'll get to the villain later because I might not be a, as sold on the villain as you as you two but we'll get to that later um what we want to move to next is obviously i was listening to an interview with the russo brothers recently actually and uh joe russo i think who's who looks like the slightly more slightly squarer jawed one that's really the the, the more captain america (laughs) he's more captain america less peter parker yeah his brother's peter parker um but um uh yeah, and he was saying that, like, the best thing a movie can do is to incite cultural conversation, right? Which is what we're doing. Which and is I, great. Which, yeah, I, which, which is, is I think it's a great point, and I agree with that. And um, and so, with that being said, I think we need to have a cultural conversation about if we're Team Iron Man or Team Captain America. Right, right. I think that's, <laughs> I think that's pretty pressing. Well, I mean, they're both symbolically, like an idea of like so iron man was the government you know what i mean this idea of having to like having this like a government run way of like policing these superheroes or just monitoring them and then captain america was was the opposite you know the whole idea of just like uh just no man less government we need less government in this because we don't need like bureaucracy and red tape taking away from you know and right in very in very broad strokes that that, that oh super broad but it, it was, but, yeah. but um but yeah I think I think it says something uh I said it says something about like how you feel about those two things depending on which side you pick so probably like yeah. what what side did you pick Rob, Rob? special guest always goes yeah. first let's start with Rob 
Well, I, I think what's interesting is that um, both Tony Stark and Steve Rogers um, aren't wrong. Neither of them are right, but right. neither of them are wrong mm-hmm. when it comes to their positions on whether or not the Avengers should be policed, basically, regulated by um, the United Nations. Um, I think the movie did a great job in establishing, um, you know, their reasons for holding their, you know, their own respective moral positions. And, you know, once again, like I said earlier, the 11 movies leading up to that sort of establish also why these characters are the way they are. You know, after Winter Soldier, it makes total sense that Steve Rogers would be distrustful of the government and... Yeah would be afraid of, you know, Bucky having to be, you know, possibly brought in or jailed if something like this happened. And it also makes sense for uh, Tony Stark to be the way he is and be a bit more, um, you know, trustful of the government and wanting to self-regulate because of everything everything that happened in Iron Man 3 and Age of Ultron. And, you know, because Tony Stark, he has one of the biggest character arcs. He starts out um, as, you know, in Iron Man 2, you know, he, like, basically tells the government uh, to go screw themselves. Yeah. And, yeah. Quite you literally, know, and by, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And by Civil War, you know, he's, like, very much pro-government, pro-regulation, whereas Captain America was this poster boy for the US government during World War 2 and now literally. because of everything that's yeah. happened also yeah quite, literally also yeah. quite literally, literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then by the time of civil war and everything that's happened he is very distrustful of bureaucracy and the government interfering and i think there's a lot of nuance to both sides and i think that's why at the end i really wasn't on either side Boom. Um, I was, yeah, I know. Typical I'm a, politician. I'm <laughs> yeah, uh, but but I but I but I'm serious though, when I when I mean that, I I really wasn't on either side. I I felt that both um, had legitimate points, and if I feel like the movie wouldn't have been nearly as strong if they had tried to make uh, Tony Stark the villain or the antagonist, you know. Of course, yeah. It, and and Rob. I do recall you saying in my car on the way to the train station after the movie that you thought Iron Man was in the right. But uh yeah, but, but I thought snitch. that uh, Captain America was in the Sorry right. Sorry to call as well. you out, but no, I'm just I'm just kidding, dude. I'm just kidding. Yeah, that's a that's a very <laughs> very yeah, no, I think you hit it right on the head. And that's interesting the point you brought up about Iron Man cuz I uh, I was actually thinking that too like if Iron Man, like, I was actually thinking that too, like, man, Iron Man and Iron Man 1, or like, you know, or Tony Stark, like, five years ago would have definitely been against the Sokovia Accords. Oh, yeah, like, so, like, I, yeah. so I think, like, that's so interesting. But yeah, so, all right, so there's, so Rob's answer is, uh, is a PC, not on either side, but with a very, uh, very thought, but with a very, very thoughtful very explanation points. behind yeah. it. What about you, Hernan? <laughs> um, I mean, I was, pretty much team ant-man the entire time uh, that's that's uh, i have no i have no issues with that because he was great paul rudd was I, so fun i love the fact that paul rudd's pretty much just paul rudd yeah exactly yeah. Um, he's yeah. Play, yeah he's playing yeah. himself yeah but, but with like a a suit that can change sizes yeah i mean I, i'll say this i think i was more team captain america in terms of like 
emotionally mm-hmm. because like throughout throughout the entire movie you, there there was like reasonable doubt as to why Bucky would have done these things and once right. you start you know slowly figuring out that it was all kind of arranged in a way to make it look like Bucky uh, all, to ultimately try and destroy the right. Avengers um, I thought I thought Captain America was he was doing the right thing but doing it the wrong way you know that's, I mean? exact, that's exactly uh, <laughs> what I think too but uh, we'll get to but, me yeah. so so when I think about it I totally understand Rob's opinion because they are both right yeah um, which, because, is, which they did on purpose. I yeah, mean, which, yeah of like, course. like Rob said, which is great. Which, which is, is great because because we're not whole... asking who's more right. We're sort of asking who are you just emotionally more drawn to. Uh, yeah, right, right, right. But and and that's what I love about this movie is that like once you try and put yourself in either person's shoes, whether it's Tony Stark or whether it's Captain America, and you really look at the reasoning behind like um like for their actions, and you just go, I, I get it, man. I get both sides, um, but. I just I wouldn't have I like so I don't know I wouldn't have handled it certain ways that, right so but I'm team cap but you're gonna say cap cap all right yeah. that's so fitting because we were nominated for best rivalry at the Moonhawk Oscars <laughs> you're, you team, I'm t- I swear to God, I'm team, team Iron Man all oh, day man. every day and let me and why I'm not saying that I would necessarily want to sign the Sokovia Accords right I'm not necess- I'm not necessarily saying that I approve of government regulation of superheroes okay. What I'm saying is mm-hmm. Iron Man would have kicked Captain America's ass <laughs> if he didn't have his stupid Winter Soldier friend like untying Iron Man's shoelaces while he was fighting him. Because Iron Man was like, suit. And Iron Man was like, suit, analyze fight patterns. And after that, it was a wrap. You know this. Yeah. You know this. And if Bucky didn't like trip Iron Man or whatever to help Captain get back into it, you know it would have been a wrap. That's, that's, but also, no, but also, um, yeah, I think, uh, it's, uh, again, I told you, I've been listening to a bunch of interviews. Uh, um, I almost said Steve Rogers. Chris Evans. <laughs> he really is Steve Rogers. Great casting. Um, Chris Evans was actually said he's he's like you know what in real life I would be Team Iron Man and mm-hmm. and he said like he said this is the first time he feels like Captain America is doing what he wants instead of what like the people need. Oh like, yeah, for which, sure. Which I thought was a really good point. Um, and Definitely. yeah, and, and I think that uh, I think. Um, I think, yeah, it, it, what bothered me about Cap is, one, it's just a personal thing that I just like Iron Man better. and and But what, what bothered me about Cap is that, like, yeah, he was doing the right thing, but, like, he was also being sort of selfish. Like, oh, dude, was, he was selfish know, the entire time. You know what time. I mean? Like, but, but you, you they, can't... They could have talked things out more right, before, but, but before it can, reached that point. But you can kind of understand, like, where he's coming from. Also, I mean, the thing that, like, I kind of, like think about when I think about the movie is that I mean Captain America has been in this stage of grief since like Captain America 2 when he wakes up all the right. people that he's known and all the people right. that he's loved has, has died and then in the beginning of Civil War um, like uh, what's her name Agent Carter she ends yeah. up passing away and he loses that Peggy. too yeah, yeah Peggy which she, which makes his which justifies his tie to Bucky even more yeah because yeah. his world is so much smaller now I mean like yeah he's friends with all the Avengers and stuff but even though you know what, here's the here's the difference in the conversation though, and and uh, it's that I'm I'm sitting here just like emotionally defending the <laughs> dude instead of like his actions, and his actions were completely like they just weren't warranted. He didn't have to do half the stuff. Right. And and to, to be honest, for some reason I found Bucky like kind of annoying. Like oh yeah, I, like I don't know why. Like I don't know why. Like I I like I I didn't feel like I wasn't like I didn't feel like that that loyal like. 
I don't know. For but, some why, but why? I'm just, I'm trying to figure out why. Tom, uh, Tom, uh, <laughs> Rob, did you feel that same way? Uh, not really, no. I felt Bucky was a very tragic character, you know, and I think what really hit home for me was that end scene where Zemo reveals that Bucky is the one that murdered the Starks. Yeah. I mean, that that really got to me, that whole scene, and it sort of felt like the culmination of Winter Soldier and Civil War in that scene where you really sort of are emotionally invested in how much of, like a drone a, a brainwashed drone uh bucky was yeah because i mean the whole movie is is basically bucky and cap's relationship right, right. so because it is movie... a captain america movie and yeah. that that was yeah. they were following that from winter soldier which i i yeah. which i get but i guess i was just like sort of more interested in like the like the sokovia accords and the heroes as like a whole and like so sure that, but 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 again, it didn't make me like the movie like much less. Right. Like it's just yeah. it's just sort of a thing, just sort of a preference mm-hmm. thing. But yeah, um, cool. Uh, so we all we've we've established what side we're on. Mm-hmm. Actually, if you're Team Ant Man, then I can be Team Spider Man, I guess. Yeah. Um, but um, also, Cap. Do we like, want to oh, talk about Spider Man? <laughs> we'll we'll get to we'll that. Get to we'll that. get yeah, to yeah. that. But first, um, let's. So Rob Robin Hernan mentioned that this really felt like the culmination of eleven previous Marvel movies. Um, which is which is which is crazy when you yeah. think about it. Like we used to think trilogies were epic, and this is the twelfth movie in a series. Like, are you kidding me? Like, and it was still that good. Like, yeah. so what Marvel's doing right now is unprecedented. And um, so, with that in mind, we wanted to rank our top five favorite Marvel movies um, out of the twelve. Yeah. Um, so, do you guys want to do just a top five, like in general, or do you want to re- specifically rank five through one? Um, I have a top five in general, but I know what my number one is. Okay, let's do um, let's do top fives in general, and okay. let's just sort of rattle them off first, and then we can, and then we can defend Strap them afterwards. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So Rob, special guest, goes first. Sure. So do you want my number one? Uh, or why don't you go go backwards? I guess go from five to one, but you could it also okay. doesn't it also doesn't have to be a specific order. Okay. Um. All right. So just in general. Um, yeah. Uh, my top five favorite Marvel movies are the first Avengers, um, Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. um, the first Iron Man, mm-hmm. uh, Civil War, and Winter Soldier. And Winter Soldier would be my number one favorite Marvel movie. Then. All right, all right. All right. Let's go to her. Yeah. We'll we'll uh, we'll we'll get we'll get back to everyone's lists after we all reveal ours. This this is so tough for me. I couldn't even choose five. I went. And I chose my three. Okay, just that's because fair. That's fair. I couldn't like really find a four and a five, but it'd definitely be Iron Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, and uh, Civil War probably. Iron Man, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy, Civil War. All right, that's a good three. Okay, now Rob, I actually have the same five as you, so I'm going to actually number mine just for the sake of variation. Um, okay. So I'm gonna put Winter Soldier at five. Okay. I'm going to put Guardians of the Galaxy at 4. I'm going to put Iron Man at 3. I'm going to put Avengers at 2 and I'm going to put Civil War at number 1. Whoa. Um and for for me Civil War, Avengers and Iron Man are all right there like in contention for number 1. Like they could be 1A, B and C, but mm-hmm. um but I'm I'm going to go ahead and give to Civil War because Spider-Man's in it. Um <laughs> and um 
and then uh but yeah so let's get into let's get into our picks now i guess i'll start since since i'm already talking um and yeah for me actually, sure for me actually the one on the fence was winter soldier because i remember when i saw it for the first time i actually didn't like it as much as everyone mm-hmm. else did i liked it a lot for sure but not as much as everyone else did mm-hmm. um because like the Hydra storyline sort of threw me off. Like, oh, you I was mean, not you expecting mean that Hail Hydra? <laughs> not not just so not stupid. Not just that, but like <laughs> like the whole Hydra. Yeah, story no, line. it's not good. Um, but um, so for me, it was I was actually deciding between Winter Soldier and Age of Ultron, which one to put number five. Um, and uh, I ended Soldier. up I ended up going uh, with Winter, Winter Soldier, Soldier, I think, for obvious reasons. But um, but yeah, but but definitely, I think, um, and Guardians, I love too. But uh, definitely for me, those. Those really top three close to my heart are Iron Man, Avengers, Civil War, and right now I'm gonna go ahead and say Civil War is number one because of my because of my love for Spider Man. All right, solid. What about you, Rob? Let's let's hear the let's hear the, um, the explanation of these picks. Um. Well, I mean, I put Winter Soldier number one um, mm-hmm. because I really really like that. Basically. It is the first Marvel movie that felt like a, a political thriller. Mm-hmm. Like you could really feel the influences of films like um, uh, the Parallax View, um, All the President's Men, mm-hmm. um, Seven Days of Condor, or Six Days of Condor. Um, a lot of classic seventies thrillers. Yeah, it felt, and, it felt and, much more like an action movie oh, yeah. than a superhero movie. Yeah, yeah. But go, yeah, go on. Yeah, and, and I mean, the fact that they cast Robert Redford as uh, Pierce, mm-hmm. and, you know, he ends up being, uh, spoiler alert for Winter Soldier, <laughs> he ends up being the the main antagonist and the force behind Hydra. Um, I thought that was really interesting, and I thought all the action was really intense. I, I actually, in some ways, I thought the action of Winter Soldier was better shot than Civil War, Except mm-hmm. for the airplane scene yeah, I agree in Civil with that, War, which actually. I loved. I agree with that. Um, uh, that definitely was the better than any of the singular action pieces in Winter Soldier, but I thought overall the action was better shot in Winter Soldier. I would agree with that. Um, and shot and edited, yeah. Yeah. And I just really enjoyed the political thriller aspect and sort of the relationship and the character dynamics between... Cap, Black Widow, Nick Fury, uh, Falcon, and Bucky. I, I thought that was all really well done. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I just really enjoyed that movie from start to finish. The opening fight, um, you know, on the uh, on the ship in the beginning. Oh, yeah. Um, that, that, I thought that was really well done. That sequence really introduced us to this new this new Russo Brothers Marvel that we're going to see for the through Infinity War yeah. was that sequence. Um, for so sure. I, I, that's what I feel, at least. So I feel like that is definitely an important sequence. Um, not to cut you off, Rob, but we do want to keep it moving. So Hernan, why don't we hear your explanation for... <laughs> My favorite one. For your favorite one. Which is actually guardians of the galaxy cool no that's a great that's a cool i love guardians of the galaxy that's that's my favorite one um mostly because i'm a space western dude like i love space Mm -hmm. westerns i mean i love Mm -hmm. serenity and i love uh like i'm like a huge firefly head so uh yeah i mean that's my favorite one and the thing that i like about it so much is that it really like 
it did such a great job of introducing us to so many characters, kind of like how Civil War did, mm -hmm. by like imposing their personality so well and like giving us an intro, like more of an introduction to the cosmic universe of Marvel, which is like my favorite aspect mm -hmm. of the co uh, of yeah. Marvel. So, um, yeah, because it's like the hardest to execute and still make believable, but yeah. they still manage to do yeah, it. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Like, um, and you could totally tell that it's like. Like, some things even look like panels in a comic book. Like, when... Yeah, very, uh, very colorful, yeah. Yeah, like, when Gamora and, like, Star-Lord do that thing where they're... Uh, where Gamora's, like, dying and he yeah, takes off his I mask. I was thinking of that same that shot. Looks exactly. Yeah. And like they're listening to, like, panel. Pina Colada. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I just love... Oh, yeah. I, I just love how comic booky that movie is. I mean, all the other ones are kind of like that, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, they have those aspects... Uh, you know, with like Whedon doing the all, all the group shots. They're yeah. very the group much shots. Like, the group shots are the best. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, that one's my favorite solely because um, it gives it such tragic characters in such a fun world. Like, yeah. like rock. Like, it's like rock all these guys are really down on their luck, but yeah. you wouldn't know it because they're all like really fun. Yeah, they're like yeah. misfits. It was <laughs> yeah. my favorite thing. They weren't just like heroes the like, way that like. Yeah. The way that the other movies were, yeah, like Captain totally. America, is so obviously a hero. But... <laughs> Wait, hold on! I thought you were Team Captain America. I am, but here like... you are rolling, rolling your <laughs> eyes so, at the dude. But he's so obviously that, and that's what I liked about the Civil War is that he finally wasn't like it was a moment for him to be a person. Like yeah. he wasn't just like, yeah. oh, I'm a good guy right, always. Right, right. Um, but yeah, uh, that's probably my favorite one. Cool. Out of all of them. Cool. I like I like how diverse uh, our opinions are. Very cool. Um, so let's move on now to just like us like just a, a part a segment where we give de dedicate a few minutes to talking about things that we missed in our earlier conversations right so we wanted to touch on the villain we yeah. wanted to touch on spider-man mm -hmm. um and a few other things like that so um so yeah i guess uh let's talk about spider-man first because i am <laughs> holding a spider-man doll um so i feel like that's only fair um yeah it's uh i was like you missed so many, so much of Rob, me and so Rob's conversations in, that, in car. that car. You should have totally been in that car. <laughs> so tight like, right now. Girlfriend, schmirl friend. She could have driven home alone. You <laughs> <laughs> to totally kidding. I could have been like, Jess, here's the keys. I'll be right back. Totally. Where are you going? I'm, I'll be right back. Just wait for me at home. She isn't even at... <laughs> totally so kidding, Jess. Um, um, <laughs> but yeah. And I, and I was saying, like, the way they utilized uh, Spider-Man in Civil War was sort of like they took a page out of X-Men Days of Future Past, the way they utilized Quicksilver, where yeah. they're like, okay, let's bring yeah. a, let's sort of yeah. bring a young comic relief character in in the middle to help them with like a really, to help them with like the best action sequence or the, the, uh, the most important sort of part. Mm -hmm. And then, but they're too young and not experienced yet, and then they go back home. Like it's right. sort of yeah. like, right? It's so, so similar. And then another thing I was thinking about earlier and um, I'm pretty proud of myself because in all the stuff I've been reading, I've never, I haven't heard this comparison yet. So I'm like, uh -huh. but um, uh, is um, don't pat yourself on the back, <laughs> right? Uh, I bet if you search right now, you'll find what I'm about to say because I but, just posted it. Uh. <laughs> but um, is that also right? Uh, like at first, I was a little bit like, ooh, uh, like, um, are they gonna rush like Black Panther and Spider Man a little bit? And like I will say that their setups, yeah. their setups weren't perfect, but they oh, definitely yeah. were really good. Mm -hmm. um, oh and, yeah. And um, and something and and I was sort of I don't know I guess I was sort of trying to trying to justify in my mind I'm like I'm like why did I I'm like why I'm like why am I okay with you know spider this like Spider Man that Spider Man setup but not okay with like you know the Wonder Woman setup and I think I figured out that 
they did the same thing with Hulk, if you think about it, right? Uh-huh. Because we never saw Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk before. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah. the, the sort of more funny Hulk that we get in The Avengers, we haven't seen a solo movie of him before. Mm-hmm. But it works because we've already had... We had already two Hulk movies with two different actors, and we knew the Hulk story already. Mm-hmm. And so all they needed to do was sort of be like, yeah, it might take you a little bit to accept that this is a new actor, but you do know this character. So as long as we set him up in like a, oh, yeah. a, a solid, cool way, you'll be okay with it. Mm-hmm. And that's, if you think about it, that's the same thing they did with Spider-Man, right? In the last, in the last uh, 14 years, we've had five Spider-Man movies, yeah. two different actors, and because of that, um, they were able to just give us a new actor and be like, okay... As long as we set this up in a good enough way, it doesn't have to. He doesn't have to have his solo movie or be a, per, a perfect setup. But as long as we set it up like in a good enough way, like you're gonna accept it because of this, like, just you know, because of this cultural thing, mem- We have a cultural this, memory. The culture that's yeah. already been established in recent culture, in yeah. recent memory. And so I and so when I realized that, I'm like, oh my gosh, they totally did the same thing for the Hulk. Mm-hmm. Then like I was like, that's what like, oh man, that that worked so well. Yeah. And um. And yeah, and, and he was great. And, you know, he had the things that they did well about, like, the teenage Spider-Man and the amazing Spider-Man. But then they also had sort of his shyness and his humbleness that was good about the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. And, you know, I could go on and on about it, but it was yeah. it was, it was he, really good. He was definitely one of my favorite parts of the whole thing. I mean, I'm sure it's, like, yeah. everyone's. But what I loved about it was when they introduced him, it was, like, a moment for us to breathe. From yeah. like the major plot points oh, yeah, that were happening, sure. yeah. we got to meet him. Yeah, for we sure. We got some comic relief, obviously, with mm-hmm. his, uh, Tony Stark and his aunt, and um, we got like we all, we could already infer so much just from seeing that like haggard costume that he had yeah. hiding. Um, we got to see a little clip of him in that costume. Yeah, which also they did the same thing for the Hulk in the yeah. Avengers when Tony Stark is like, listen, like, and he turns the screen to Banner and you see, like, stuff of him, the big green, he's like, look, the big green guy or something blowing up. Anyway, yeah. But no, no, it's no, literally but that, the but, same exact technique. Yeah, but that's the Like, thing. visually it's, the it's, same exact technique. It's really yeah. smart because it helps us to move the story, gives us another reason, like, another character to like, and also, but doesn't, like, overdo it. Like, I'm so glad they didn't even, like, like, they kind of touched on it, but they never did the Uncle Ben yeah, thing. They, they never mentioned it. Which it was it. very such, subtle. Such a great Super choice. Subtle. Such a great choice. Yeah, of which, like, which yeah. is great, because, like, why is this guy, Why is this kid going to tell right. some stranger, even yeah. if it is Tony Stark, yeah. like, about this... Uh, why is he going to tell uh, Tony Stark this, like, great, really heavy thing? thing yeah, yeah, this personal thing. Um, they did a really good job of... Like, the actor did a good job of, like, showing that pain, but never, like, explicitly saying it. And then the other thing I wanted to say about Spider-Man was just, it was probably my favorite choreographed action sequence Spider-Man. Out of five movies, they did it better in this one than they've ever done. In 15 minutes. Yeah, in 15 minutes. It was so good. Like, he looked like an acrobat. It wasn't like in the other ones where he just strikes this pose and he's, like, going on a a web sling. Like, they did such a good job of... Oh, like just that action with him was so yeah. great. How about you, Rob? Oh yeah, your th- Rob, your thoughts on Spidey? Oh, I mean, I thought Tom Holland is definitely the best Spider-Man of the three. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, I I thought he just nailed the personality of both Peter Parker and Spider-Man. And really, my my only very minor complaint with spider-man in terms of his role in civil war is that he really has no effect on 
the plot. And and mm-hmm. you talked about earlier about Quicksilver and X Men: Days of Future Past. That's actually my same exact criticism. Yeah. For for Quicksilver, is yeah. that he sort of comes in and then leaves, and he doesn't really have any effect on the overall plot. Right. Which is the same thing with Spider Man. At the same time, um, I'm sure if Marvel had had the rights to Spider Man, they would have done like a solo movie or something and set him up and he might have been integrated more cohesively into the plot right but at the same time what we got was you know a good explanation as to why he should be in the movie and it really establishes in like 15 minutes you know one two scenes you know what type of character he is and Mm -hmm. why he's spider-man and and I thought it just, it was a great economy of storytelling. In, uh, sorry. I thought it was a great economy of storytelling in terms of just getting through his origin, getting through his backstory and everything really quickly and concisely and visually. You know, I thought yeah. it was really well done. And I thought his uh, interactions of all the characters during the fights and at the airport, especially with... Um, Captain America and then Ant Man. Yeah, I, I loved I loved the great. Brooklyn and Queens bit. Yeah, that was that. great. Yeah, 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 that was great. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Um, and yeah, I think yeah, definitely, like you said, it definitely wasn't perfect. But like you know, whatever contractual situation they were in, you know, whatever they made the best of it. So I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah so sure. I think that that's that was cool. I guess the one flaw in my Hulk theory is that Hulk's not getting a solo movie, what Spider-Man did. But then but, he's but, doing but, that but, Thor trip. Yeah, yeah. Space but, um, ship movie or whatever. But yeah, uh, and now do you want to touch before we before we sort of wrap up? Do you want to touch on touch on the villain? Yeah, we can yeah. do that. Yeah. I mean, you're, we already we said some positive things. About you said some stuff. positive things. Um, yeah. You. I, I. I guess I was sort of wondering like, um, and I guess it didn't bother me while I was watching the movie, but after I thought about it more, I was like. Well, like, why, why this guy? Like, out of everyone, why is this? Why is this guy the one who decides that he's going to break up the Avengers? Or like, what get like what gives him the, like, you know, like what ge- what gives him the the stuff to think that he can do that? Like, I don't know. For me, I guess I I, I would have thought that it would it would be more believable if it was like maybe someone from a previous Marvel movie or something like that who had like who had like a longer score to settle with with the avengers or you know um i guess and again i think the thing that i I think i think the thing that i had questions about is the is the very thing that you hernan and probably you too rob liked about it which is that it was just a random guy like and it showed like that you know any human could take it upon himself to you know do that or whatever but i guess that that very thing that you liked about it was the very thing that i was sort of "Eh," about it like why is this just a random guy and not someone who I would believe more has the guts to actually to, to follow through on this. Well, I mean, it would be hard to. Well, you say that, Khalil, but I'm just trying to think how would they set up that it was like a, a past villain? You know, considering right. most of the villains that could take Zemo's place are dead, right, or in jail, right. You know, there's not a lot of Marvel so, villains that yeah are, that are still around and. You know, yeah, you're not going to use Loki for a third time, even though everyone would love that. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's he's coming back for the for the next uh, Thor movie. Yeah. Um, but but I mean, what I loved about uh, Zemo is that he's a very relatable villain. Yeah. His motivations are pretty clear, and they may be a bit convoluted, but at the same time, um, they're very personal and they're very grounded in this emotional 
reality that I think a lot of people who are responding um, to grief, who are um, responding to the loss of loved ones in their life, um, in a very, I mean, he does it in a very extreme manner, but I think a lot of people have fantasies about taking revenge on the people that are responsible for the deaths of loved ones. Yeah. And I think that's why I thought Zemo, to me, was honestly the best Marvel movie in a long time, probably since Loki. He's definitely the least cartoonish. Um, Loki is the more traditional comic book villain, and and Zemo in the comics is very over-the-top, very comic book villain. Mm -hmm. And it'll be interesting to see where they take him for future movies, because I was really glad that he doesn't die. Yeah. Um, like so many Marvel villains do. That's something I wanted to talk about um, too, but we, I'll let you, you know. finish. Yeah. But yeah, I, I guess I just, I'm really interested to see where he goes, if he goes into more of how he was in the comics, or if they really do sort of like a, a Mandarin type situation where he is just, this is the version of Zemo we're getting. Right. And he is going to be this grounded, realistic character that is um, going to be. You know, screwing with the Avengers um, once he inevitably escapes, probably in <laughs> Infinity War. Yeah, no, yeah, totally agree. And I love the idea of just like him being another like another representative of like grief, like mm-hmm. this guy that's fueled by grief, right. kind of like which is like why Cap is so nuanced and stuff. So, right. Yeah, I agree yeah. with you. I totally agree. Yeah, with you. I definitely see that. And maybe I would have been more into more into him as a villain if I was more familiar with him. Like if I had read him in comics and stuff like that oh, I, I've maybe, never heard of maybe him, so I would have been more I'm about to look him up but um yeah, I mean he's totally different from right. the comics so it doesn't it doesn't okay. even matter so he's totally different the only the only similarity is that he's a captain of he's a villain of Captain right. America right. that's right. about it okay well um cool cool little discussion there about the villain um uh one thing that I just wanted to touch on before before we wrap up on is Rob Rob mentioned that you know the bad guy doesn't die um, and, uh, I remember when we were talking, when we were watching the Civil War trailers, it totally looked like War Machine was going to die. Totally looked like, oh, Ro- yeah. totally looked like Rhodey yeah. was going to die. And then he didn't. <laughs> so, and we were talking about how much it would be great for a major character to die in this movie yeah, because man. of how much it would deeper, it would entrench us in the stakes and consequences. So Hernan, what do you think about the choice of not killing anybody in Civil War? Just um, paralyzed from the waist down, which is still bad. But. It's bad. I mean, like, it gives, it gives like, it doesn't have the, high, it doesn't have the high stakes that I was hoping that this movie had. But then again, I was expecting something like that. But still, the stakes were so high, in the movie that I think I could forgive that yeah. a bit, um, because I mean, for a moment, I mean, Iron Man also fueled by grief. Like everything was yeah. fueled by grief. If you look at it, yeah. I mean, the loss of his parents. Almost losing Rhodey, yeah. um, Cap losing someone, Cap afraid of losing someone yeah. else, um, you know, Zemo losing his family. Yeah. I mean, like... Good points. I love the fact that thematically this idea of grief was going through it. Um, but, like, the only problem that I have is that if, if someone had, like, gone, it would have been cool. Because it would have been like, okay, the grief is, uh, like, is reasonable. It's, it, it's plausible. Yeah, and I think at this point it's more. Uh, it was more important for, you know, for Marvel Studios to be like, let's keep some future options open of storylines involving oh, characters sure. than 
you know, because this movie's already good enough without, you know, going to those extremes. All right, I think that's about all we have to say about Civil War and about the MCU and Marvel and how amazing it's been and how it's fulfilling all our childhood dreams. Um, and we hope you guys feel the same way and thank you for watching and listening and, uh, you know, we hope that season two of the Moonhawk podcast grows, uh, grows even more and, uh, you know, if you make sure you're sharing and, and rating and, you know, we're trying to definitely get the views, uh, the views and listens on this thing up. So, uh, just before we, uh, well, let us know what you think if you, are you team Iron Man, team Cap? Stuff like that. Agree or disagree? Black Panther. <laughs> we didn't talk about, but it was one of the better parts. Cool. Yeah. Um, agree or disagree with anything we said? Whatever. Feel free to let us know. And uh, before we just wrap up here, I believe in the very first episode <laughs> of season one of the Moonhawk podcast, Hernan was very, very critical of the original Star Wars trilogy. And since that moment, Rob has told me several times. Hey, do you think I could be a guest on your podcast so I could defend the original Star Wars trilogy? <laughs> basically, hey, do you Which think is, I, basically yeah. do you think hey I could do you think I could give it to Hernan? Um, yeah, I feel like it's a <laughs> I feel like I feel like it's a wound that I gave him months ago that is just infected and it's festering and and right now finally he can find some healing by this, being able to essentially just go and be like, hey man. This is why you're fucking wrong. <laughs> so this is so this is Rob's chance for some redemption, for some healing. Hernan, why don't you give us a why don't you give us a one sentence recap right. of your thoughts of the trilogy, and then Rob just go ham. Um. Okay. So. <laughs> so. So essentially, um, and this is, this is a uh, this is actually something that I heard Bill Burr say, which just so just like put me in I was like yes he summarized it this is perfect this is exactly what I think about it and what Bill Burr said was uh, who's a comedian by the way not a movie critic or anything like that he ended up and he's saying a great, he's a great comedian to be fair yeah, one, he's a great comedian one of my favorite comedians I listen to his podcast all the time Bill Burr you're the best uh, but he shout out end, to Bill Burr shout out to we Bill know Burr. you're listening <laughs> but he ended up saying on the Nerdist podcast that the Star Wars movies are essentially a bunch of Muppet movies, except it doesn't have any Muppets. And it's just... I was like, that's so perfect! Because at the end of uh, episode... I can feel Rob's anger. I know! I can't even see but, his but, face because the laptop is facing the other way, but I can feel But it. it's so perfect to me because just the way that episode four ends, I just, like, the whole everyone's getting medals and then Chewbacca goes, does his little, like, growl thing. And I go... Oh yeah, that totally could have been replaced by Muppets. Just make that's that's exactly why I never took those movies nearly as like Chewbacca's kind of a well, Muppet. I know <laughs> he is kind of a that's a, I'll give you that. But um, that's, that's but yeah, it. that a statement that statement resonated with me so much. But now Rob, go ahead and tell me why I am completely wrong and why Bill Burr's wrong. Go ahead, defend that. <laughs> well, you know, I will say this: there is a really great. Muppet in the original Star Wars trilogy. His <laughs> name is Yoda. Yeah, Yoda. There you, yeah, go. Um, there you go. And honestly, Yoda is the most convincing Muppet, uh, <laughs> most convincing puppet of any movie I've ever seen. You know? Yeah. Because there's such a great performance there. And I feel like the original mm, Star Wars trilogy um, are more than just Muppet movies because I think they really capture um 
a sense of excitement and adventure and in the later movies i think also really delve into meaningful themes about um philosophy about the nature of confronting your destiny um in a really meaningful way and I think they're just really entertaining movies to watch and enjoy no matter what age you are. And yeah, you don't have to take them seriously and there's nothing wrong with that because ultimately they're space fantasy movies. But I think they really make you want to do something with your life. At least they did for me. And I think a lot of people would agree with that. Um, I didn't really appreciate the Star Wars movies as movies until I was in high school. And then I just sort mm. of realized like how great they are as movies in terms of right. the acting and the cinematography not just the entertainment and the value. editing. Right, yeah. Yeah, I, not I, just the entertainment value. It's one of those few like really big big box office like blockbuster movies that like that film schools also use like at times to yeah. tell you like you know what i mean like it's those are hard to come by and that's one of them i would also agree yeah. with you just because i mean like what during the 70s uh, what was it the 70s right late 70s star wars the uh, late 70s early 80s yeah right yeah yeah the that's, original trilogy that's when the trilogy came out and i think like before mm -hmm. that the big movies were stuff like what like dirty harry like very serious godfather like, yeah very serious um, very slow yeah. kind of movies and at mm -hmm. that time i mean what we were coming out like, we were still going through a whole post-Vietnam thing, and I think a movie like Star Wars, and this is me defending Star Wars, um, for, the, for, like, the it as a mechanism for, like, culture and society, and that's that it helped people kind of, like, it was a vehicle of escapism at a time when it, like, was really needed. The same way that I think also, like, the Marvel movies kind of do in a way, like, in this, like, post-9-11 thing that we're kind of in, you yeah. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, as a mechanism, I would say for sure, and especially for people, like, individually, I think it does, like, it does resonate with them so much that they end up feeling, like you said, you know, like, I want to do something with my life. There's there's more than just whatever it is, like, whatever, wherever it is that I there's am There's more the than just farming on Tatooine. Or <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, yeah, but as, as movies, they're Muppet movies. <laughs> okay, I, I, think, I think. Well, the, you're well, you're wrong. <laughs> Beautiful, I love it, guys. I love it. Good but stuff. Can we, can we so just quickly before we wrap up? Can yeah, we agree. Yeah. The, Star, the, Star, the Star Wars prequels are shit, though. I like them. Though. Oh I no, like we can't, them. We can't even agree. That's a that. whole. That's a whole different thing. Um, um <laughs> I, I, I think maybe. I think maybe. Uh, I think maybe hurting what you're trying to say is that you're Team Vader. <laughs> I'm actually Team Kylo I'm, Ren. I'm Team Luke. <laughs> Oh, I'm man. Well, I'm more team Daisy Ridley, so let's uh, We all are. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, um, thanks to Rob for coming thank out. You, Rob. Yeah, thank you, Rob. Seriously, Rob. Thank you so much. Awesome special guest. Uh, we'll definitely thanks try for to... having me on, guys. Yeah, you're welcome. We'll definitely try to have you on again. Love having you on. Great insight. Uh, great film mind is Rob Piggott. And, uh, so good. So good. And um, <laughs> you flattered uh, me. Shout out, shout out, shout out to Rob. You. Shout out to Rob's analytical mind. <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> and yeah, let's do this season two. Season two. Let's start it up.